find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Hello, everybody. It's not Terry, nor is it Kristen. This is Betsy Hicks. And occasionally, Terry asks me to fill in and to do some shows that, uh, as she gets so busy with her schedule, I hope you're all at Autism One Conference. It was absolutely phenomenal. I thought Terry did a fantastic job. Her and Ed did a fantastic job of, of organizing it. And so now everybody's taking a little bit of a breather, although today's topic is not one that you can <laughs> just kind of take a deep breath with. There's a lot of information today, and today we're going to be talking about biofilms, and my guest is my one and only best friend and most wonderful man I've ever known, my husband, Dr. John Hicks. Um, thanks, John, for joining us today. Thank you. So, Quite an introduction. <laughs> you feel free to say nice things about me throughout the day as okay. well. <laughs> so we're, we're uh, going to be talking about uh, biofilms. Uh, Dr. Hicks, so all of you know, he is the medical director of Elementals Living in Wisconsin. He works with many, many children with autism as well as adults with all different types of chronic illnesses. He has a, a strongest background is in holistic health. So although he's an actual MD and pediatrician, he is also a holistic a health expert. And some of you may have seen his latest article in the fabulous magazine Autism Science Digest that is made by the makers of Autism One and Autism Science Digest, the first issue had an article with Dr. Hicks talking about holistic health and medicine. Um, so, Dr. Hicks, we're going to be hitting your second topic for the magazine, which is a way, way more complex subject, and that is biofilms. And I, I, it's hard to give an introduction for this, but I have to say that as I saw you diving into this more and more, the the information on biofilms almost became a biofilm. <laughs> it was kind of like this all-encompassing plaque that just just engrossed you because you were so fascinated with all that you were learning. And you've been studying this now for quite a while. Well, I, I think one of the most interesting things to me about biofilms is the discoverers of microbiology, so you go back to Leeuwenhoek and all of these guys, they at that point already knew about biofilms. And the problem at that point was to, to be able to study them, they didn't have the technology to do that. So their choice was 
to look at individual bacteria and those issues that they created because you could grow them on a Petri dish and you could start to study effects of things on them. So the biofilms are just complicated social groups of organisms that are living together, functioning as a unit. So you can sort of think of it, and biofilms as we know them today are not just bacteria. They have fungus in them. They can have different strains of yeast. They can have opportunistic parasites. They can have microscopic parasites. And essentially what they're doing is functioning as this community. And the interesting piece is, a lot of now the studies are really showing that a lot of what we have done and learned with single bacterial infections really does not affect biofilms. Actually, with some types of biofilms, it makes them more virulent. So high-dose antibiotics is sort of what people think about. You know, you get a stubborn infection, you're going to use high doses of antibiotics, and that's going to wipe it out. But in reality, with some of the biofilms, it actually makes them more virulent. Okay. Now, let's back up a little bit to really understanding what biofilms are. I think one of the easiest ways that I understood it was it's similar to even even like plaque on your teeth is a biofilm. Well, plaque on your teeth is a biofilm, and it's probably been studied the longest from the most angles. And one of the biggest issues with biofilms is they can be very invasive. So a lot, periodontal disease is the plaque from teeth becoming invasive and starting to get into the tissues, and they can get down in the bone, so you can get osteomyelitis and infection in the bone from those organisms, and a lot of chronic tooth issues are because of those infections that are ongoing. And what what they really found is a lot of the heavy-duty antibiotics, because of the spectrum of organisms and the changes that take place in the biofilm, they are resistant. Well, let's talk about other forms of biofilm. Okay. So, well, how would somebody even know they have a biofilm? Well, the, there really isn't anything that's specific. So except you may start getting symptoms of chronic constipation or diarrhea, so you know you may have a gut biofilm. Kids with chronic ear infections, what, they're, what they found was they really had biofilms in the middle ear and that the dose of antibiotics, if they were given some and they worked, would help relieve the symptoms, but the infection didn't go away and would just come back. So a lot of kids with recurrent ear infections, that is a biofilm. Right. And then what happens is those biofilms can spread. So they could be in your eustachian tube, go down your throat, now they're in your gut. So now not only do you have gut organisms in it, but you also have the bacteria that you would expect only in the ear. So you now start to get this broad spectrum of things that are growing together. And essentially what they do is they have ways of communicating, and different species communicate different ways, but 
the whole system is as one set starts to set up and starts to increase in volume. So this could be after a round of antibiotics, there, uh, the strain that can start can be resistant to the antibiotic. So now as the antibiotic sort of kills out the competition, this strain of bacteria can start to grow. And as it grows, it sends out signals into the environment around it. And when it collectively gets to a certain mass amount, these, all these organisms are now cooperating and they start to produce a polysaccharide coating which covers them. And hence the name biofilm is because now there is this covering that helps protect them. So, so for those of us who are really needing a simple version of this, such as myself, are you saying then that it's basically this combination of bacteria that has a film over it? Is that a simpler way of Yeah, that it? would be a simple way to look at it. That Yes, there's these bacteria that are now covered in a sheath that protects them. Wow. I mean, it almost sounds like a really bad movie. <laughs> you know? Well, it could be a very bad movie. And the other thing is when you think about biofilms in nature, because they're everywhere in nature, a lot of the strands you see in streams, fast-running streams, are biofilms of organisms that are hooked together and sort of flow in the water. Right. And they sort of uh, get this coating, and it as the age of the coating goes up, it gets stronger and stronger. It forms pockets. It has flow through the middle of it, so nutrients can get in, and their uh, waste products get out. So it's it's not just a simple little clump of things. Maybe at first it is, but then it becomes very different. And uh, then there's sessile or free-living organisms that are released continually from this uh, grouping that's living together, and they can set up again in another place and start this whole process again. So you can have multiple spots with these in it. Right, And uh, when you think about the history of a lot of the ASD people and the history of a lot of the people that I see with chronic disease is they've been on frequent courses of antibiotics, so the likelihood of having resistant organisms survive is very good. And now most strains of Candida are resistant to Nystatin. And so you start thinking about this and... As these organisms are together, they become synchronized. And what happens is their metabolic rate starts to slow down. So a lot of the antibiotics are aimed at the reproductive cycle of organisms. Well, now it's changed. So now they're not sensitive to those anymore. Plus, with the organisms that are in there, they're passing genetic information around. They can, they can excrete it and they can pick it up. So what happens is you now find combinations of DNA and organisms that isn't what they used to have when they've been in one of these uh, 
communities, and they are, they're communities because they're working together to survive. And, you know, we think of it as, oh, this is a horrible thing, but realize that in nature, this is how, this is how they've survived and do survive. And they're in the hottest water, they're in glaciers, they're everywhere. So th- these, these groupings have been around for eons. This isn't something new. It's just that it's become now our capabilities of culturing these and seeing what happens has gotten us to the point now that we can say, okay, now we're starting to understand this. And by understanding this, we're having better ways of getting through them and and being able to break the biofilms. And I want to spend the last portion of our show talking about a lot of the treatments and all the different uh, wonderful new techniques of ways that have discovered to be able to get through to biofilms. But first, I really want to help people identify and medical practitioners that might be listening identify what are going to be the, the symptoms, what, what's going to be seen as far as um, these types of things happening. I mean, Well, you can see issues when you're doing comprehensive digestive stools. You're, you're seeing persistent organisms, and you're not you're not able to change that over some time. You do probiotics. They don't seem to be taking hold. The pH is off and persistently off. Acidic pHs help these organisms survive because as the pH is acidic, it also kills the good guys. So the good guys are supposed to be forming their own biofilm in reality that protects us against other organisms. So the good bacteria start to become not so effective, and if the pH gets low enough or high enough, we that starts to kill the good guys who are protecting us to prevent biofilms and yeast from forming. Okay. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break, Dr. Hicks. So when we get back, let's talk more about... Um, the it seems like the, the armies that are being set up in our body and how we can best protect ourselves. We'll be right back with Dr. John Hicks and the, on the topic of biofilms. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, 
Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here are Terry and Kristen. Hello, everybody. This is Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry and Kristen today, who are recovering from the Autism One Conference, did a phenomenal job. And I'm here today with Dr. John Hicks talking about the very complex subject of biofilms and really trying to take this down to a level that most people can understand it and the importance of understanding biofilms in our own health. Um, Dr. Hicks, as, as we've gotten a little bit of a picture now of what biofilms are about and the fact that there are these kind of moving group of bacteria that are covered by a film in this protective sheet that's zooming its way through whatever part of our body is possibly... Well, it's really moving. attached. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's attached to the body, right? Like, kind of like plankton or like it's or like plaque well it's yeah and what happens is at first they form weak bonds that can be easily reversed and then over time those bonds get stronger and stronger so okay become more attached so typically the the colon is the biggest place to have them but you can have biofilms in joints you can have biofilms anywhere in that sort of a different topic because a lot of the chronic autoimmune pieces and diseases are related to different organisms hiding in different ways, but they can also be in biofilms. And Lyme's disease can be in biofilms. Well, and that's leading me to kind of to my next question. What are the main diseases that are typically associated with biofilms? So Lyme's disease is a big one. Well, any gut issues can be. So chronic constipation, chronic diarrhea, um, any joint aches and pains, on and off chronic fevers, uh, persistent ear infections. You said inflammation, earlier inflammation, chronic ear infections, chronic sinusitis, lung issues. So the the biofilms can be anywhere, and they do well with turbulence. So in the heart, if there's uh, heart valves that have been replaced or holes in the heart, you can have those grow there. Any prosthesis that's put in, so knees, hips, joint, joints, they can have biofilms form on those. And the sort of the interesting piece of that is <clears throat> after the surgery, you will typically have some pain, but pain is one of the biggest signs that a biofilm is there. So what they found with a lot of prosthetic joints is persistent pain means there's a problem with the joint that's been implanted. 
So it's coming up now with, well, what are the ways we can go after these? And depending on where it is, that's going to uh, affect some of the ideas that you can do. Okay. So um, what about with cancer? Is there, are there biofilms associated with cancer? Well, there can be, and there can also, also be organisms that, such as viruses or what are called L-forms or wallless yeast or wallless bacteria that can be sort of the nidus that creates that. So um, these, these can cut across all the lines of diseases and conditions, and they can be anywhere, any place, anytime. Wow. So one of the biggest pieces is in the prevention piece of this, and a lot of it has to do with diet. Right. And Being it's alkaline. the same thing with, like, feeding yeast. What are the things that feed these? And it's vinegars, it's simple sugars, it's simple carbohydrates. So diet is hugely important in prevention and then treatment once you have one of these. So eating... Uh, a good, healthy diet with uh, a lot of good protein and vegetables and yeah, and whole grains, complex carbs, right, and not so much simple carbs and not a lot of uh, things like corn because corn feeds bacteria. Right. I never thought about that, but you're right. I mean, with corn being such a big bacteria feeder, I mean, a big corn eater, somebody's eating corn chips, and and also, I mean, if if potatoes feed parasites, do they contribute to... Yeah, so you start looking at nightshades, and when you get symptoms with that, then you may have a biofilm that has microscopic parasites in it also that are now flaring... Sure. Because you're eating a lot of the French fries or, you the know. Chip. Well, the chips and the tortilla chips as well, too, they're feeding the bacteria. So, right, that would make sense, that the the importance of the of the diet. Now, you said earlier when it comes to testing biofilms. Well, I guess before I ask about that, let me ask how accepting of biofilms. You know, I, I can't imagine even traditional medicine not being accepting of biofilms. They have to agree, certainly, that they exist. But is there knowledge out there? I mean, I, well, the the whole thing is so uh, under study at this point that there are no good treatment protocols because high dose antibiotics is one of the mainstays, and that can make some of them worse. So if you're on an antibiotic and it's getting worse, or it gets better and then gets worse. Now what's happening is whatever's going on in there is now building resistance, and that's the whole piece of passing DNA information on because now organisms can pass back and forth the ability to be resistant. Right. And some of these organisms even secrete uh, onto this coating the blockers for certain antibiotics, so the antibiotics don't even penetrate and they're they're deactivated by touching the outside of this and it's and it's now hidden from cell mediated immunity and that's one of the other big pieces is that a lot of the ASD a lot of people with chronic inflammation a lot of people with autoimmune disease they have a TH2 shift they make a lot of antibodies but their cell mediated side is suppressed 
and it's only the cell-mediated side that can kill these. Wow. So they're really sort of hiding, and they can help create shifts because depending on what the organisms are and what they're secreting, they can block that innate cell-mediated immunity so it gets suppressed even further. Or you can have genetic predisposition that has that side of your immune system suppressed. So now you are more susceptible to biofilms, to autoimmune disease, to a lot of things. And it's really this cell-mediated side that I think over time now is really going to be studied more and more and how do we support that and you know specific transfer factors if you get certain organisms are going to help with that because they tag those cells that are replicating where the where the bugs are replicating and hiding now they get tagged and the specific transfer factors can increase cytotoxic T cells, NK cells that go after those cells now to kill them and relieve the load of the of the bugs that are hiding inside the cells. Okay. So that's one of the pieces that you can look at to what would be helpful as you look at this. Uh, enzymes that help eat that polysaccharide coating would be very helpful. So you would have to take those away from food so they don't get used up by the food. So you can use that enzyme piece. You do diet modification so you're not feeding those bugs. And some of the literature sort of points at instead of bactericidal, in other words, antibiotics to kill the bacteria is going with bacteria static that just slow them down and that by going after the coating and using the bacteriostatic antibiotics and then some other natural things, you can really start to punch holes in this and start to destroy them. So they, a lot of them are resistant to different antibiotics and they pass that resistance in that genetic information. So it's going, a lot of what you're going to need to do is going to be with natural things rather than the antibiotic pieces because... And that's probably why traditional medicine has a, uh, a block in understanding this because without an awareness or understanding or education of natural resistance, they're probably feeling relatively helpless. Like it, there's nothing that really can be done other than outrageous antibiotics. Right. And then, yeah, well, because that's sort of how you've been trained is if this antibiotic doesn't work, let's rev it up or let's go to a broader spectrum that's more potent. And what these bugs do is they're just very smart and they've created resistance. And you've got, like now, the methicillin-resistant staph, the MRSA infections, and they are still fairly sensitive to natural things. So, you know, uh, chronic wound infections, diabetics that get infections, they typically get biofilms. So it's going to be coming at this in a whole different way. And a lot of infectious disease people are now sort of understanding that this is not a regular infection. So high-dose antibiotics, 
just aren't really what's going to get this. It really has to be a whole different approach. So I think as research continues, and there's a lot of research that's being started now that are starting to look at these things as how do we help this and how do we go after this. Heavy metals, when you're detoxing, that can make some people a lot worse. So you may have to back on off on detoxing. EDTA in some of the enzymes has been added. Uh, for a lot of people, those make it worse. So it just depends on what organisms are in there and getting everything covered so that as you go after this, you're going to have die-off, you're going to have toxins, you're going to have a release of a lot of stuff. So you've got a lot of cells to protect, so you have to make sure you have good antioxidants on board and cell membrane protectors because the cells that aren't getting killed are going to be assaulted with a wide variety of toxins and things that can make them malfunction. Wow. And I would say being able to get, so if you're killing off this kind of volume of cells, you better make sure your liver and kidneys are working pretty well too. Right, to handle the toxins. And that's sort of the limiting factor for a lot of people. When you start to go after these, they get really sick. So what's happening is you're releasing more toxins than they can clear. So things like peppermint oil, charcoal, those things that bind those things and clear those are definitely going to be of help as you're working on this. But you don't want to just sort of jump into this blindly and go, okay, we may have a biofilm, let's go after it. Right. Because you can really, if detoxification is slowed, which everybody typically on the spectrum has an issue with that, you've got to be prepared to help them handle that and boost their detoxification capabilities. Now, you're very big with that. In fact, that's probably one of the most important things in your protocol is making sure that people's liver and kidneys are, are flowing properly. And one of the ways you do that, I know, is with artichoke extract, which is a wonderful bile thinner to help the the liver drain better. Right. Do you want to and you can do supplements that support uh, liver detoxification. So things like calcium deglucurate, glycine, uh, some sulfation pieces, although sulfation for some people when they take things like MSM or those things, it makes them go a little crazy because that's, that, that whole sulfation piece isn't working normally. So when you're supplying it with extra things, if it isn't working normally, you can push it over the edge. So acetylcysteine, NAC can do that. Um, MSM can do that for some people. For other people, those are great supplements. But you just sort of, you know, that's why it really has to be an individual thing, and there's not a one-size-fits-all. Sure. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back in a short time with Dr. John Hicks speaking about biofilms. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Are you living your vital life? One that is showcasing you at your full potential? There are many issues that stand in the way of most people achieving their full potential. We will discuss these issues and how to overcome them each week on The Vital Life, Awakening Your Full Potential, with host Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross. Living the vital life often requires that we trust our own intuitive voice and that we view illness or life challenges as calls to action to reconnect with the deeper urges of our spirit or soul. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga, and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everybody. This is Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry and Kristen, and I am here and joined here with Dr. John Hicks of Elementals Living. Uh, Dr. Hicks is talking to us about biofilms, and we've been learning a tremendous amount about these kind of scary movie type films that are kind of coming in and moving and attaching themselves in our body and doing all kinds of things around um, and causing a lot of damage along the way. Biofilms to me, Dr. Hicks, seem as if um, they are really a core key to many, many, many different types of illnesses, but they've been so misunderstood and so difficult to understand until recently when more and more discoveries are being done on them and more and more is being written and understood and and research is being done on these biofilms. So I know in in a lot of your research, one of the top things that you wanted to first know is to how to help with the healing process of these. Um, And 
we're going to talk about treatments for, for quite a while because there's so many different types of treatments that can go on. But once again, I want to lead back to how do people know that they have a biofilm because I feel we've kind of answered that indirectly, but I want to really, really specifically help them to understand or help a doctor to know the best ways to test or to look for a biofilm. Well, I, I think one of the biggest pieces is as you're starting to do different treatments, they don't seem to be working. And that means pieces for neurotransmitters, so focus concentration, memory, uh, processing. Uh, you can have gut pieces. You can have joint aches and pains. You can have just generalized irritability. You can have people with elevated bed rates uh, so that it shows they have ongoing inflammation. And there are really literally no specific signs or symptoms that this is the problem. Sure. But what happens is as you're doing things and they typically get you some results and you're not getting those results, then that has to send off a little flag in the back of your head and goes, okay, maybe we have a biofilm. So a lot of people that have significant gut biofilms, as you start to do gut stuff, they get worse. Mm. Because as you start to work on this, they're releasing more and more toxins that affect every system. So as you're doing the gut things, you notice their focus and concentration goes down. Or all of a sudden, they may start having cramping when they eat certain foods. So you just have to be open to the possibility that, you know, something else is going, you know, they they may start developing more and more food sensitivities. Sure. So what is that? Why is that? What's going on in the immune system? What's going on in the gut? that's really affecting this. So I think that's really one of the really key pieces is diet. And then what are kids craving? Are they craving things that are feeding the gut bugs? Like the corn that we were talking about earlier. Like the corn, like French fries, like ketchup, you know, the sugars and all of that. Because when you think about the biofilm, it's not just bacteria. So you've got other things in there. So you've got yeast, you've got microscopic parasites. So are the microscopics acting up and making you crave potatoes? Okay. All right, so then these things are coming through, and um, does alkalinity have anything to Well, high alkalinity or low acidity supports the biofilms and helps eliminate the good bacteria in the gut. Right. So what happens is the biofilms tend to flourish when the pH is off. And one of the little markers that you'll see in a lot of people when you start looking at stool tests is that the pH is staying pretty consistently low even though you're starting to make changes that should be bringing that pH up. So a lot of these bacteria are producing acids. So that's a great way, a great marker to know if there is a biofilm involved. If you're if you're making the changes to become more acidic and you're, I mean, alkaline 
and, and you're not, it's not getting there, then that's a good indicator you might have a biofilm. Right. Right. When, when the pHs don't really want to change. Sure. Because they're supporting the pH change because it supports them. So, you know, then you, you think about, um, we're talking about diet. So what are the things that diet-wise that can help? So things like kefir or cultured vegetables, which are antibacterial, anti-yeast, they help regulate that and help the pH. So, you know, those are things that as far as what can you do to prevent this from forming, what do you do once you're starting to treat it to help treat it and help repair the damage? Because these toxins and attachments in that can damage the tissues. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that about then with the, um, the alkalinity or the acidity. That's very interesting. So now, before, because we have just a few more minutes till break and then we have one more segment, but we really need to talk about treatments because this is this is the vi- the most vital part of all is how do we get rid of them and i i have to say you know when i first learned about biofilms and and read the daunting reports that it seems like they are uh, it it almost it just completely overwhelmed me like how how could you ever protect yourself against it now we've learned certainly a few things like you've said about the proper diet not eating too much you know corn sugars um and obviously when we talk about corn, that also includes and especially includes high fructose corn syrup more than ever because that really would fill, feed the biofilms. Right. Um, and uh, to um, and, and it, we know some of the symptoms, but what do we do if we feel that we have one? And you said possibly enzymes are the place to start. Well, what you want to do is start to digest or interrupt that coating that's covering and protecting them. So enzymes are a good piece for that. And those those enzymes you would want to take away from meals because they would be used on food if there's food, so you want to do them away from that. Okay. So you can take, take um, because Enzymedica actually sponsors the show, so to take enzymes for digestion is still a very, very good thing to do. But well, because all- any food you don't digest feeds the biofilm. Right, so taking enzymes for digestion can be really essential. But then in addition, what type of enzymes are you going to be taking away from food? Well, you want to go for ones that do the polysaccharide coating. So there's some protein in there, but it's a lot of carbohydrate and the bonds. So that's really what you want to go after. So there's... uh, some companies have different enzymes that do different things. So, looking at the carbohydrate piece and and, and, and breaking up the carbohydrate piece, breaking up the carbohydrates, right? Okay. Because the bonds and what's excreted is a polysaccharide. So, you want to be able to disrupt that. So, you want some for protein. You want some for carbohydrates. Certainly. And then as you start to do that, then it's real important before you really go after this piece to clear it is protecting your cells. So things like cod liver oil, black currant oil, things that are helping to protect cell membranes and protect them from free radicals 
because you're probably essentially going to create quite a few free radicals as you go to disrupt this. Okay. So that would you want sense. to protect those cell membranes. So it's those omega-3s that are really, really important. And then pounding in the antioxidants. So the the you know the berries the green vegetables wheatgrass juices those kinds of things that can be right. really helpful at destroying free radicals right chlorophyll is is a big one for that so doing green vegetables or taking chlorophyll complex you can help do that sure and then you can start looking at well what are some of the natural things that will penetrate this that i can take that as I'm doing the enzymes, are going to help to start to get rid of these things. So things like olive leaf, cranberry, cranberine, Indian fire tree bark to cover the yeast piece, acrylic acid is really good, um, and then really revving up the immune system. So that side of the immune system, the cell-mediated side, increasing that so it now is stronger in anything that's there that shouldn't be, it's now going to recognize it, and it has the cells, the cytotoxic T cells and the NK cells to destroy those. Okay, so we're, I want to the last segment. I want to talk about transfer factor because that's an okay. important role to this. But since we only have like about a minute left now, I just want to clear up everything else. So, so obviously, killing the free radicals is important. Keeping digestion going, doing enzymes to be able to break things apart. Um, uh, giving the cells lots of antioxidants and um, and just general support, I would think, is is really an important place. Eating good, healthy fats. Yes, and making sure you're digesting them and getting them in. So things like lipo is really important. And when you're taking a lot of extra things like cod liver or black currant, if you don't digest it and absorb it, it's not really going to help you. So making sure that you're doing that and having the enzyme, if you're not doing that there, like lipo, to help digest the fats. And then you're looking at like acetylcarnitine to pull the fats into the cells so they can be used in the cells. Right. Okay. Important. All right, we got to take another break. And when we get back, let's, let's wrap this up with Transfer Factor because it's a really important essential tool in working through biofilms. I'm Betsy Hicks. I have here Dr. John Hicks joining us from Elementals Living. And just so you know, during break, you can take a look at his website, elementalsliving.com. Lots of great free information there. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the 
the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten, and Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, everyone. It's Betsy Hicks. I'm rejoining you and talking today about biofilms with Dr. John Hicks from Elementals Living. For more information on Dr. Hicks, you can go to his website, Elementals, that's with an S, living.com, located in Wisconsin, but he does um, Skype appointments with people all over the world. So he's not limited to just Wisconsin. Check out our website at elementalsliving.com. So, Dr. Hicks, I'm excited to talk a little bit about transfer factor because you use quite a bit of transfer factor and you're finding it to be very helpful with biofilms. Well, the, the big piece is what transfer factor does is help support the cell mediated side, which most people who have this going on and have autoimmune disease that side, that cell-mediated side is suppressed so it isn't working normally, and that's sort of how these things get started. Because if that is efficient and working well, then these bugs wouldn't be able to set up and do what they do. So this is really sort of your first line of defense. So the, the way that I understand transfer factor from a very, very simple point of view is basically you have all these cells that are marked with um, whatever the illness might be. So it can be a, they can be marked with Lyme's disease. Let's, let's use Lyme's disease as an example. So there's a bunch of cells in there marked with Lyme's disease, and the transfer factor goes in and finds the cells that are based with Lyme's, and then they mark them and then they kill them off. Well, the, the tagging is a marker for 
the cytotoxic T cells and the NK cells to come in and get rid of that cell because it's infected and it's replicating whatever bug it is that's in you that's creating the problem. Okay. So essentially, your immune system with everybody with the TH2 shift, their response, and some of the bugs do this to you, is suppress the system that's supposed to help you get rid of them and activate the other side. And then what they do is they change the markers on the cells so now they're more hidden. So a lot of these, a lot of the bugs and Lyme's disease is one of the really clever ones that tricks your immune system to overreact. Uh, HIV is another one, and it makes you do a TH2 shift and suppress the cytotoxic, the innate side. This is the side that you need to kill those bugs. And like the, the clever part of HIV is it infects the immune system cells, so the CD4 cells get destroyed. Wow. And that's that's how you monitor how you're doing in treating the disease is CD4 goes up or down, and if it's going down, you're losing. If it's going up, you're winning. So the, the, the bugs, you know, you can't get mad at them because this is just their survival <laughs> mode, and they're really not Are you to... on the side of the bugs? Well, <laughs> no, but they're not trying to kill anybody because if they kill them, then they don't have a host. Right. So the idea is to strike up the symbiotic relationship. Oh, that's a nice way to look at it. That's Between the individual and the organisms, and that's really what they're shooting for. They're not trying to kill anybody. Okay. So... You know, it's like they're just trying to survive. So the trick's going to be figuring out what you have in it. So what are the what are the combinations? So as you start to treat one phase of it, if the person starts to get more symptoms, then you know, okay, there's something in here I don't have covered. So it could be yeast. It could be microscopic parasites. And what happens is as you start to reduce the bacteria... So your probiotics do that, plus you're doing the enzymes to start poking holes in that, and you crank up your probiotics, well, they're going to start affecting the bacteria in there, or you're doing kefir or cultured vegetables, all of that. And then you start to flare, well, you know, okay, I may have more yeast in there than I thought. Sure. Or it may have more microscopic, so now you've got to figure those pieces out. Then you're going to know, okay, what is it I need to add now to help cover that? So you really just cannot look at this as just the biofilm and just killing away the biofilm. It's really encompassing the entire body and how it all interrelates to each other. Right, because as each system has to handle this, so if it's not handling it well, you're going to have more symptoms. And that's what happens with a lot of kids as you start a new supplement. You go, okay, I started this and now I have symptoms. So what's going on? Why are they having those symptoms? What is that supplement doing? And what is it allowing other things to happen that you don't want to have happen? 
So everything's a signal to you, though. I mean, really. Yeah, every 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 symptom every is symptom is telling you something is going on. So when you start things, you know, the the whole idea is to see improvement. And if you're not, and you're seeing ups and downs, something's going on that you don't have covered. And that's the piece of looking at the body as a whole, and everything's interrelated. So you really have to support the whole system to make things work. Do you feel that traditional medicine is headed in the direction more and more with understanding biofilms? Well, yeah, I think traditional medicine is moving toward understanding a lot of things that they haven't before because what they're doing isn't working, and there's no better way then something not working that's telling you, okay, now I need to come up with something different. And that's the whole thing of the evolution and progression of things is, you know, we do things for a while, it works great, and then all of a sudden it's not working. So what's changed in in the whole thing is, am I looking at something wrong? Am I not seeing something? Right, right. And that's how progress is made through science, through everything. Most, most definitely. Anything else? We have about one more minute left. Anything else you want to close with? Well, I, I think the key is being open to what a symptom is trying to tell you. Right. Having your bases covered. And they should be starting to get better and better and better. If they're not, then you have to look at what am I doing that isn't covering something that could be going wrong. So do you believe in a healing crisis? Do you believe we have to be sick before we can feel better if we're detoxifying? No. Good. I like that answer. All right, Dr. John Hicks, thank you very much. ElementalsLiving.com is where you'll find Dr. Hicks out here in Wisconsin doing Skype appointments if if anyone is interested. Um, We um, also be looking for his article in the next Autism Science Digest magazine on biofilms. Thanks for everybody for joining us today. Take care. Enza Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with hosts Terry Aranga and Tristan Selby Gonzalez.